the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest bump. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This yeah, microphone great. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. Hannibal. Oh, Mr. Dot Commer. On WEEI.com. Day podcast. Um, kind of a busy week in, in, with Patriot stuff. I guess we've self-created some content, I feel like. And I'm, I'm uh, proud of ourselves for doing that. Uh, yeah, I think we have to at this point in time, like many media outlets, even though we are now seemingly on the cusp of like real sports to talk about you know i know uh mls is coming right around the corner all kinds of other stuff and then obviously major league baseball the nba nhl nfl although we had our first nfl cancellation with the uh, hall of fame game the pro football hall of fame induction ceremonies canceled postponed pushed back a year so we're not necessarily out of the woods as anybody who's been reading the news and the uh, spikes in coronavirus all over the country and positive tests and, you know, some NBA players choosing not to play and Ezekiel Elliott talking about he's healthy now, but he's still really concerned about health and all that. Um, but no, I think we've done a pretty good job. And so uh, we've, we've started a uh, 20 questions segment um, or blog series that we'll get into some of those. Um, but, you know, first and foremost, you know, I, I, I went with a traditional headline on my column this morning on WEI.com about new Patriots presumed uh, quarterbacks coach Jed Fish. Uh, I went with just Jed Fish, the wild card in the Patriots post-Brady offense. There was a part of me that wanted to say, you know, are things getting fishy in New England or (laughs) something smells like fish in New England, but I didn't know if that would be uh, responsible, appropriate, mature enough. So I went with the traditional. Well, to be fair, you definitely could not have gone away with that at Patriots.com. Uh, no, but I probably wouldn't have written the story at Patriots.com. That's true. That's true. Although you uh, never know. In this day and age, I would have had an exclusive with Jed Fish the oh, way they're yeah, doing it. Yeah, in this day and age, you would have had exclusive with Jed <laughs> Fish and uh, maybe Brian Hoare and maybe some of the undrafted rookies. Like Bill would have invited me over to Nantucket, have dinner with him and Linda. We would have talked about Jed's role within the team. Uh, but no, they're doing a great job over there. They have access that, you know, is part of their tie-in to being the team. But no, my Jed Fish thing is just simply um, – Jed Fish is going to be a very important guy in Jarrett Stidham's life, in the Patriots' offensive life, because you know me. I'm as big a Josh McDaniels fan as there is out there. Yep. But Josh McDaniels has run the Tom Brady offense for 20 years. Like, that's what he's done. He freely admits it. He's talked about how, you know, even the, per- even the uh, language has been very similar for a long time, but certainly what they did. And, you know, I use that quote from Bill at, just before the draft where he said everything we've done for the last 20 years is about putting Tom right. in position. Well, that's not the case anymore. And Jed fish. And I'm not even sure that's probably a poll I should have done. Patriots fans. Do you know who Jed fish is? Like how many are familiar with the name, who he is? I would um, say uh, less than 20%. Right. So I think he's a really interesting guy with a really bigger than expected role. He's going to be the quarterback's coach, but I think, He's not Mick Lombardi. He's a whole different beast from Mick Lombardi, who was the assistant quarterback's coach, quarterback's coach a year ago. Um, And you look at his resume, for people who aren't familiar with him, he's been around for 20 years. He has been an NFL offensive coordinator in terms of the Jaguars. He was, I think, his assistant offensive coordinator with the Rams a year ago, senior offensive assistant with them the year before that. Wide receivers at one point, too. Wide receivers coach with Broncos – Ravens, couple stops along. He's coached under Brian Billick, Pete Carroll, yeah. Dom Capers, Mike Shanahan. 
Um, was Trump. Jim Harbaugh's uh, – yeah, Jim Harbaugh's offensive coordinator at Michigan, offensive coordinator for Jim Mora at UCLA, then was actually UCLA's interim head coach when they canned Mora. So he's been around the block quite he's a bit. He's not just a quarterback's coach. Like, he's a he's – a, I mean, Nick Lombardi has been – yeah. Nick Lombardi has been a young quarterback's coach for a long time with the Jets and the Niners, the Patriots, yeah. been sort of working. Jed Fish has been a – decision maker level guy for a long time and has worked for a lot of really impressive coaches and has certainly, you know, we know what the Rams offense is that trendy kind of offense. And, you know, he's worked in the college game with some of the the spread and the read option and different things. And I just think with where the Patriots are evolving, Jared Stidham, Jed fish, those are not coincidences that he's in that role. He is going to have a major voice in, what the offense is going to look like and, you know, what they can do in terms of RPOs and read options and take advantage of Jarrett Stidham's skill set. Because Jarrett Stidham is not going to be Tom Brady and he's not going to be asked to be Tom Brady. He's going to be asked to be the best Jarrett Stidham he can be, which is probably closer to a Jared Goff. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. You know, one of those guys. He's not going to be Lamar, so let's not go like that direction. He's going to run all the time. But, you know, Russell Wilson. That, like that's the high end where we're running. He's an athletic quarterback. Be smart. Some runs when it makes sense, but not all the time. I I think that's where the offense is going. And I yeah, think that was in uh, Scar's comments on Sirius. Didn't he say, well, you know, you saw this last year in the preseason where if it wasn't there, he took off and ran. Yep. And I think that's where the offense is going. And in a weird way, I'm not sure it's Belichick and McDaniels that's going to lead it there. I think it's going to be Jed Fish. And I think yeah. that's good. I think that's going to be a, a new voice. Well, and I, don't you remember at the combine we saw McDaniel's and Fish walking together in the hallway? So I think they're you know getting to know each other. Connections started way back then, and that's key because you know we've talked about Josh being in a weird spot where maybe people thought hell maybe Jed Fish was going to be the offensive coordinator this year because Bill thought Josh was leaving and then Josh didn't leave, whatever. But um, we've talked about how Josh is in a weird spot where. You know, if it succeeds, well, Belichick did it again. He's such a genius. He didn't need Tom Brady. If it fails, well, that McDaniels, only place he's ever been successful is standing next to Tom Brady kind of stuff. And now you add in another layer to that in in someone like me saying Jed Fish is going to have a real big role with the team. Um, I think it's interesting how Josh embraces that if he gets sensitive, so sensitive, like how that all plays out. Like, for example, when he starts doing conference calls, if there's a lot of like, well, it looks like you've really added some Jed Fish wrinkles to your offense. Does that bother him? This is a wait a minute. I'm wanting to call him the place. Right. These are Josh McDaniels wrinkles, and don't you forget it. So I, I think it's interesting, but I also think it's good. I don't. I mean, not to say their offense was stale because it was it was still good, and I mean I think there's a lot to like about it. But well, I just think no, but you're right. They can't do the same thing with with Jared Stidham than with Tom Brady. They need to change things up. They can't just go with what they have for the last 20 years. And you bring in not just like the quarterback, but let's look at, you know, wide receivers. You have a young core of wide receivers, a right. young core of tight ends. You know, Asi Asi comes from, from Chip Kelly, yep. you know, that spread kind of college offense. Um, so I, I just think there's going to be some interesting um, growth or evolution of the offense in a – college young way well 
So let's like, how do you think this plays out? Do you think like, obviously Jed Fish is not calling the plays on game day. No. But do you think that so like he and Josh spent a lot of time together this offseason sort of going over concepts and yep. sort of evolving Josh's playbook? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of sort of concepts and, you know, read option, RPOs, thing, you know, spread. And well, I mean, let's be clear, too. McDaniels has a creative mind. Like he, you know, look yeah. what he did in the game with Brissett. Like he was able to, you know, manufacture things there. So like he's yep. not just a guy that really can only run Brady's offense, but – he doesn't have any other experience doing that, really. And even um, the Tim Tebow summer, Tim yeah. Tebow had read option plays in different packages. Jimmy Garoppolo had read option right. and stuff when he was in there. So, you know, I'm not saying that Josh is just like handing the keys over to Fish and let me know how it goes. I'll call the plays. You give me the play sheet, whatever. I just think it's another mind that has seen a lot more because, I mean, you can't argue with Fish's stops along the way, all the people he's worked under, right. offensive schemes. He, um, Interestingly, and I didn't know this, he's a, he never played high school or college football. And according to Wikipedia and some of their things, the reason he went to the University of Florida as a student was strictly to work with Steve Spurrier. And obviously, Steve Spurrier is a unique oh, offensive right. mind. So, he, I mean, that's where it started for him. Um, and it's just evolved over the – like Brian Billick. There's an offensive mind. I mean, I know people think of the Ravens under Billick as a defensive team, but he – he was the Vikings 98 and, you know, those offenses that were, you know, really explosive. So, you know, Mike Shanahan and the, the zone run blocking, the things he learned in Denver, I just think based on his career trajectory, he's experienced a lot more than Josh McDaniels along the way, a lot more new ideas, right. open ideas, college ideas, blocking ideas. So I, it's, it's a really good voice, in my opinion, for them to have in the room. Now, it might not work. Well, you know, that, was what, that brings my next question. Are you confident in him bringing his knowledge into helping the Patriots offense and Jared Stidham? Can Stidham play? I think so. Then yes. Right. I think he's a good fit for where they are and where who Stidham is and what Stidham brings to the table. But if Stidham sucks, if Stidham can't make the reads, if Stidham makes bad decisions, if he's inaccurate, if he runs when he shouldn't run, if he takes big hits, if all the negatives that could come with this come, then it doesn't matter whether it was a good fit schematically, relationship-wise, in the building. None of that will matter if Stidham sucks. But what's your, what's your gut on Stidham right now without seeing anything, obviously? Um, my gut is that it's, you know, the boring answer. He'll be a young quarterback, and you'll be really impressed at times, and there'll be other times you'll think he stinks. But that's okay as long as it's getting incrementally better each week. Yeah, but, I mean, and it might not even do that. It might kind of go up and down at times. I mean – Look at Jared Goff, who's been, right. you know, terrible. Then McVeigh gets there, and everybody, like he's the talk of the town. They go to the Super Bowl. Then the Super Bowl happens, and now it's sort of like, oh, he's just a product of the system. He's not really that good. He's this. He's that. Like, and that's a high-level quarterback in the NFL. If if Stidham can be even that, well, that's kind of good enough. Like, that's not great. Say, that's like, that's sort of. I think the Patriots would take that if they, if they got like a Jared Goff-like production from Jared Stidham. That'd be a positive, I think. Right. And you probably won't even, can't even really aspire to that in year one. That's probably like, oh, no, no, go off in two years or three, right. whatever. But I think some Patriots fans who've spent time mocking Jared Goff, I don't know what they would think if you said, well, you got Stidham and he's basically kind of becoming Jared Goff. He's right. really good at times, really not great at other times. The personnel around him matters. When he loses a key guy, he won't be able to maybe overcome it as well as some could, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I, I do think Stidham's talented. I just, you know, we're basing all of this on 
We watch some practices. We watch some preseason games. Like, it's so hard to say, oh, yeah, I know what he's going to be. I, that's why I don't think Bill can do that. I don't think Josh can do that. And they have way more to base it on. But if you notice, everybody who praises him from inside praises his brain and his work ethic, right? Like, yeah. he always shows up. He, he works hard. You know, Dante said, you know, first one in, last one out, blah, blah, blah. None of them say he's good because they can't know that. Whereas outside the building. They also can't say that, though. No, I know. But, like, well, Dante can say whatever the hell he wants. True. Um, but outside the building, it's the opposite. All anybody talks about is he can throw the football, spins it really nice. He looks really good in the preseason production. So it's like inside they're not willing to say he's good in terms of production, execution, all of that. They're willing to say he puts in everything he needs to to be good. Outside – Everybody focuses on he can throw the football and he looked good when he played. If those two things meet, then you, you probably can have a really good player, but we'll see where it goes. Right. That sort of brings us to our 20 questions series. Our, our first one yesterday was, should the Patriots still add a veteran quarterback like Cam Newton and Colin Kaepernick? I think both of us sort of have – we just sort of made our thoughts clear. Like, it's Jared Stidham's job. Yeah, I've – I've been the same all along, Andy Dalton, Jer um, Cam Newton, Colin Kaepernick. It's Stidham time. Craft. Yeah, like, it's Stidham. Like, you've decided it's Stidham. For better and worse, it's Stidham. Find and, you know, that theory, and it, I was not certainly not the first to propose it, but it's a widely sort of, if you get nothing else out of 2020 other than you find out what Jarrett Stidham is, to some degree, that's a success. Right. If you, if you decide he stinks and you absolutely need a new quarterback next spring, okay, that's good definitive knowledge. If you decide he's the guy and he's good and he can play and he's going to only get better, he's a franchise QB, that's great too. Better, right, yeah. But, you know, the worst case scenario is if you don't really know, you end up in in-between. Well, yeah. That's why these people that think Brian Horry should start the first, whatever, four weeks of the season and then bring in Sidham. Like, do you really know what Sidham is then? Right. So now – because I'd be honest. I'll be scared of 16 games declaring him the, the franchise QB. Now you say it's 12 or 11 or – right. Uh, no, thank you. I want as many opportunities to see if he, you know, plays well, to see if he deals with adversity, if he gets his butt kicked. Well, yeah, he, like we talked about this before, the first, you know, four or five games are a pretty tough stretch. Like, you want to see how he performs in those environments. And we don't know if there's going to be fans or not, but you want to see how he goes and plays in Seattle, how he plays in Kansas City against these good teams. So having him not get those experiences, you're not getting a true – you know, you can't see for sure what he is. Right. And we should interject a couple sort of news notes. There are reports that the NFL is going to allow um, different fans um, allowed in stadiums based on local uh, regulations. Right. So you could have none at Gillette Stadium and then they could play a week later at Seattle and there could be 30,000 people in the crowd or 20, whatever. Um, so that's one aspect of that. And then the other is there have been little smatterings of reports that some NFL teams are pushing hard to push the season back and that, you know, maybe the first X number of games would be tacked on the end of the schedule. And so maybe that's not Jarrett Stidham against Seattle or KC. Maybe, you know, he starts in week five and then he faces right. those teams. I don't know. Just wanted to throw those out there as we talk about. Also, there's another thing saying that they're not going to have fans in the first five rows and that's going to be sponsors, tarps. Jesus. I mean, I mean that's the NFL's way of capitalizing on no fans in the stands. I, don't, I mean, I guess they got to get creative if that's the case. Well, I mean, if I'm a player, I would appreciate that because right. 
my money is tied to next year's cap, which is tied to your revenues. So and yeah. it's also probably safer, like to having a, a you know a five row barrier between the right. fans and the field. Yeah, I just yeah, I, I mean, I guess that's fine. Yeah, that's whatever. Um, but the bottom line is, we don't know exactly how things will play out. But yes, from a just pure quarterback perspective, I'd be all in on on Jared Stidham. Find out what he is. We know he likes to travel and eat based on his Instagram. Um, but what him is wife, him and his wife? They do it up big. They like to eat out. Well, she comes. She comes from money too. Well, that's fine. Well, so I'm saying like they can live that lifestyle, not just because of him. Well, they can also live that lifestyle because even though he's only a rookie, when you're in the NFL, you make hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. What's the minimum salary for him? Like 600k or something? He's making a good salary. Make, making good money. He didn't take going, any pay cut. He's going out with David Andrews, which I guess you could talk about. That's, uh, a, that's a good well, thing. David Andrews, uh, traveling with Will Hastings, his buddy from, uh, Auburn. from Auburn. Maybe yeah. that's an indication that he'll be a guy. We already know he has a rapport with uh, Jacoby Myers. Right. You know, as he starts to build these relationships, and so far we think they've done it without anyone contracting corona along the way. Um, Seems like it. Unlike okay. other teams, and there's been no controversy. You know, Tom Brady is – breaking all kinds of rules in Florida to have workouts with his guys. Yeah, can we talk about that? Sure. Like, I don't care that he's doing it because I think there are other quarterbacks and players that are doing it themselves after the NFLPA came out with the recommendation. But why is he promoting it all over his social media? Because when he does it and when he doesn't get corona, he can say it's because of his own supplements and he'll, you know, right? Probably, I guess. I know – some people were specifically critical. He posted his Instagram story, workout, 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 workout photo, ad for the, what is it, Protect or whatever? Yeah, whatever he calls it, yeah. Um, the thing I found almost most interesting out of that was um, all along the criticism or questions about Rob Gronkowski is, oh, he's lost so much weight, he's so skinny, he's a receiver now. And Gronk's own Instagram photo comment was – Like a long and skinny or something? Yeah, something like that. And I was like – so even he's acknowledging, I'm coming back as like a pass catcher, not as a behemoth. All, yeah, dual um, I thought that was fun. But, no, I don't – I mean, Brady's going to do what he wants. If, if he was here, we'd be like, see, that's why he's the best. He's not going to let anything stop him from doing yeah, his job. Other people would – I don't think we would take that approach. Um, no, and I also don't think he needs to. I said this the other day, and I didn't know the guy's name. Scott Miller, I guess, is like their little white slot receiver wannabe guy. No idea. And I said it's it's really not fair to him because it puts him in a weird position because if Brady's going to go work out with Gronk and Evans and Godwin, he has to go if he wants to be part of the circle of trust. Or, right. And that puts like him in a weird – I would go. I'm not going to lie to you. That it's my job, and I have no. to, you know. I don't mind that they're doing it. I just have an issue with Brady publicizing it. Yeah, it's a, it's a little weird, but I don't know. He likes publicity now. Well, it's, that, it, it's him, but that just I don't I don't know. I, I'm just it's the same complaints that I have with him. Just I don't I just don't really see the need to like did Jimmy Garoppolo publicize on Instagram that he went to Nashville to work out with all those guys? No. Well, no, that's because they were getting Corona. Well. Maybe he didn't know that at the time. I'm just, it's just that's just Brady being Brady, and I, I just, I haven't cared for it the last several years, and I still don't now. Yeah, the the brand getting ahead of sort of the football player is what it is. It's fine if that's what he wants to do. Just don't deny it. Like if you're a Brady supporter, right. don't deny. It. Like it is what it is. All those people that used to criticize, like you know, Chad Ochocinco for spending too much time on Instagram or Twitter or worrying about his brand. Well, 
Tom Brady does the same thing. So you're going to criticize him like you criticize Chad Ochocinco? Probably not because you're a fraud. Right. That's how most of them are. Um, and maybe some will now because he left New England so they can criticize him. But even though he was doing basically all the same things, except working out during OTAs and with his teammates, he didn't have time for that when he was in New England. No, that's, um, that's, that's the other thing, that too. He's, you know, had no time to right. come to Gillette Stadium for a few hours, but now he's putting together 7 a.m. workouts. and this when, it was, when it was, you know, asked of him in a normal everyday world where nothing uh, kept him from doing it, he didn't do it. Now when it's in a world where they actually don't want you to do it, your NFLPA right. has asked you not to do it, he does it. So there's an inconsistency, a hypocrisy, whatever there, but it is what it is. As Ken Laird wrote, he's Tampa's problem now. He's not ours. As well, Ken and Ken Laird will write something else about Brady next week. He likes to write Brady columns on a weekly. Well, he's still kind of our problem because we're always going to be writing about him. Because for some, as much as people, this is the other thing. People complain that we're still writing about Tom Brady. Well, people are still reading about Tom Brady. Like if he, <laughs> if, if these stories didn't get clicked, we I would stop writing them. But right. they, they still get read. So if there's as long as they're getting read, I'm still going to write them. So it's, I get hypocritical. People are saying, you know, why are you doing it? But yet you're still reading them. So you know, it's. Plus, from what I understand on the internet, we're going to have some Bucks games on our airwaves, so I guess we're going to be covering Tom Brady for that too. So, um, yeah. which we knew, we we joked about it, like you know, are you going to move down to Tampa and cover Tom Brady kind of thing? Luckily, nobody's covering anybody anywhere. I don't think really, but no. uh, so yeah, uh, I did want to. Add, are we almost? Are, we, are you wrapping? You you get? No, no, we we got time. Okay, you got anything else you need to touch on? No, I was we can, we can hit on some questions, but. Oh, yeah. Let's do today's question, by the way. The, the latest 20 questions as we work through um, is going to be, can Justin, you want to say it? Roarwasser. Roarwasser. It always sounds like when people say it that like you got something stuck in the back of your mouth or your throat or something. I'm going to have well, to get to you. I was going to say, we need the media guy to get the pronunciation guy, but we don't have that yet. So I'm not even sure that's always right either. So <laughs> it's true too. You know, who I'm, I, I need to talk to Bob Sosi. However, Bob Sosi wants to say it. That's how, that's I'll how say. we're going to say it. He's very meticulous in those matters. So, um, but the kicker, the rookie kicker out of Marshall, can he replace Steven Gostowski? Um, I have said, and people can read this. Uh, yes, basically that Bill Belichick's track record is pretty damn good with these specialists that he drafts. Um, hasn't been perfect. And some, some of them have been short stints. Zoltan Mesko was, you know, a short stint, but you know, he's, he drafted Gostowski himself to replace Vinatieri. He got a nice long career. Not as good as Vinatieri, but really good level kicker. Um, a year ago, we saw it with Jake Bailey. He's obviously confident in Roar Wasser because he doesn't have a veteran. Made him the first kicker in the draft. He must have seen something. But even beyond that, he doesn't even have anybody to compete with him. Now, I know you could bring somebody in quickly if you wanted to, but um, it's a little bit you could like... You bring Pascal's seat back. That'd be good. Uh, you could. You could when he's healthy. It'd be weird, but um, you could. Um, I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm just thinking this. Let's just say that Kuskowski doesn't have a job in September 1st and Warwasser stinks. Like, what if Bill calls up Steve and says, you want to come back? I think he would. I, I don't – you know, I, and it, it, people will ask for it too. Like, if, right. if, if Warwasser stinks and then reports get out there that Kuskowski's 100%, he's kicking at the local high school or college, he's, you know, from 55 out, he's good again, blah, blah, blah. Yes, people will call for him to be re-signed. But I just think, I mean, they've made the switch. It might not work because, you know, when you bring in a rookie kicker, it might not work. Adam Vinatieri almost got cut. Well, These guys yeah, suck sometimes. Not, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it works, but I guess I'm leaning towards it's not going to work. I just think that, you know, he's comes from Marshall. Like, I know Gus Scalson came from Memphis, not exactly a huge football school, but, you know, he, 
Marshall's not really known for their football. I know kicking is kicking. It doesn't really matter where you go to school. But he just wasn't this, like, guy that you, you knew coming out. He was, he was the first kicker the tick, taken in the draft, and everybody was rolling their eyes. Like, ESPN didn't even have footage of him kicking. And then you throw in the three percenters tattoo with this offseason. I think that – I mean, the guy admitted that he was nervous replacing Guskowski, and now you throw this in sort of coming into a, you know, locker room of 90 guys, him having this, you know, on his resume in this offseason we had. I just think that there's a lot of pressure on the kid, and that's why I just – I have my doubts that it'll work out. So let's take that angle of it. Forget the kicking. Let's take the rookie kicker was a questionable tattoo and all that. The argument for his tattoo, not that he, you know, if we believe sort of the, the story that he's not a racist, he has military family, that's all it was about. So maybe he doesn't kneel for the anthem. What if all his team, what if 52 Patriots kneel and Justin Rochwasser standing tall? How will that play out? Not good at all. That won't be he's supporting the military. That will be, told you he was a racist. That's a racist, you know, white supremacy tattoo, blah, blah, blah. Right, he has to kneel, or or he has to do whatever the other teammates do. Right, and I I think, I think he's smart enough to do that. Uh, I hope so, or somebody smart like so. Whatever Devin, Jason McCourty do, Matthew right. Slater, I would put myself right between those like three guys. Whatever they do, if they step left, I step left. If they pick right. their left nostril, I pick my left nostril. I would do whatever they do. Otherwise, he could be toast before well, he even. Be- and also, there's going to be a lot of attention on him, and I know it's going to be different. <laughs> Not only just from replacing Guskowski, but just because the whole news cycle, like there's, I mean, who knows if we're going to be down there or whatever, but like a storyline with like the local newscast and, you know, these network shows that talk about the Patriots are going to bring up, you know, his tattoo. That's going to be be a topic. Yeah, because the first thing, whenever we see him, is it there? Is it covered up? Was it covered over? Was it removed? Is it? You know, is it actually inked over? Does he have a right. sleeve over his arm of some sort to cut? Like, that's an immediate talking point in story. And then you blend it into questions about how the Patriots and other teams are going to protest and how, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement is going to be pushed. Even today, there's an NFL conference call. The owners are talking about social justice and their initiatives and how they're going to continue in that direction. So, yeah, there's no question. But that will affect him mentally. The biggest issue is, does he hit his PATs? Does he hit his field goals? Um, And then if he misses, which he will, forget the if, when he misses, is it, you know, a 13 to 12 loss to somebody where they would have won 15, 13 had he hit the field goal and now they fall to three and five instead of being four and four. I mean, that's, he has that potential crucible of this season could be tight games, field goals, PATs all matter. He's a rookie kicker. He's a controversial rookie kicker. There's a lot of layers to it. But in the end, I'm just going to go with Bill Belichick knows how to pick specialists. Bill Belichick will stick with him if he thinks he's good. Strong leg, kicked outdoors. I don't know. I'm just going to go with it works. So we'll be rolling these out every weekday up until the start of training camp. If it does go off on schedule, the 28th, we're assuming will be the case. We got 20 of them lined up, 20 questions for the 2020 Pats. They're ready to roll, and we're kind of going to build towards bigger picture and more important questions as we go. So, um, you know, you start out with the kicker, and should they add this backup quarterback? But we'll build towards real um, themes of the season, let's say, and bigger picture questions. But I do want to add one thing before you shut this thing down. No, I, um, I got time. Keep going. 
And by the way, you're going to post this like three times this week, four times this week. Uh, uh, we'll, we'll, times. See, we'll, see, we'll see how the technology works. Uh, I, at least we got, a no, well, we got a notification that the podcast was only like 20 minutes when it was really like 40 minutes. So then I we well, had, it started right in the middle. Right. Which we had to re-upload and then the re-uploading tacked on the other one. And then tacked, so basically you got double the podcasts that was also posted three times. Right. And you're blaming technology. I did the same thing that I do every other week. So, yes, I am. I did bring it up to our former producer, John Anderson. He said others have had some issues with whatever the system is and doubling and different things. So I can't completely blame you. Uh, and since I don't take part in it in any way, I'm not looking to point the fingers because I want no part in it. I like when I click off that you take care of the rest of it. So, um, but yeah, we'll see because uh, people were intrigued by where that went a week ago. Half a podcast, then twice a podcast. Averages out to a podcast in my mind. So right, fine. not a podcast. I mean, that might hurt our numbers with the overall if they factor in all these podcasts. But, <laughs> um, but I want to start a new segment. So I'm going to throw segment. it at you. Yep. Um, because we're in sort of the slow period here. We're really going to start to, you know, we're ramping up towards camp in one way, but it's also now is the traditional dead time in the NFL calendar yep. before camp. Um, and I don't know what we can call it. You can work on your clickbait names and call the segment whatever you want. But every podcast at the end, I want you to throw some curveball at me. Just something totally out of nowhere that you know specifically we haven't talked about. We haven't really written about, we haven't, and, and I'm not just talking about football or Patriots. I'm talking sports, life, anything. I want a Aaron Seeley 12-6 curveball come flying in, and I want to see where it goes. And it may end up being me telling you, I got no idea what you're talking about. That's stupid. And just moving on, or it could be a discussion point. So I'm throwing you the curveball today that you need to throw me a curveball. Okay. What do so you got? Oh, you're telling me to do this now? I thought you were going to give me a week to think about it. No, no, no. I just threw you the curveball. You better hit it or you're striking out, buddy. Uh, will the MLB season like last all the way through? Will, will we have a World Series champion? I am going to say no. And I'm going to base that on the escalation in coronavirus cases Based on, like, if you ask me the same question about the NFL, I'd say, I think the players and, and teams want to get it in almost no matter what happens. So they may face all these hurdles and health, and, but I think in the end, they're like, um, you know, the truck driver going downhill. They're accelerating. The brakes aren't working. They're just accelerating. Yep. Something gets in front of them. They're going to hit it and crash right through it. MLB, I don't know who wants to actually play and who doesn't really want to actually play. And they I don't think they will give you their all to finish it. And what's going on in Florida, Texas, Arizona, California, I mean, that curve of the country, that's a lot of Major League Baseball teams that are involved in that. Um, and at some point, you've already – there are already some people that think a 60-game season is like blasphemy. This is baseball. How can we do this? And now if you have to shut things down somewhere, somehow, and start getting, well, that team might play 60 because they're in the Northeast, but this team's only going to play 38 because they had to shut down for two weeks. Um, no, I think in the end, MLB doesn't make it. I, I, I just think, and I don't know where they're going in terms of, like, the whole baseball thing that I've mocked from day one. If a baseball is touched by multiple people, it has to be removed. Okay, so every baseball needs to be removed because – 
Well, well, this thing I saw now, they can have a, a, a wet rag in their pocket instead of, yeah. instead of licking their fingers. Yeah, like, there's a lot going on in baseball that I don't really understand. Um, so, yeah, that's a good curveball you threw at me. I'm going to say they don't. I got, I got another one. Oh. Well, because I actually, like, had time to think about this one now. <laughs> this could be one that you maybe can't, can't answer, can't answer. So the NBA is having their bubble at Disney World. Yes. What hotel would you stay at? Like, if you had a um, of any of them. I don't have a ton of experience at Disney. See, that's what I said. I don't know if you can answer it. No, but um, I thought the, the one I went to, because what's considered, you, you, tell me what the best is. What's considered the best? Because I know there was debate that the one that the NBA ranked the best isn't really the no, best. The so second. the best are uh, Polynesian, yep. Grand, Grand Floridian, um, I guess those two are the best. The one I liked because I went to for there, and I people will mock me for this. Typical Andy, we went to get the ice cream kitchen sink at the oh. ice cream shop at the yes. beach, beach club. club. That place seemed cool. My favorite. That that's I think what having not stayed there because oh, we okay. went we went cheap. We yeah. stayed at um the sports. No, we stayed at the Art of Animation or something. Yep. Yep. We were at the car. My kids wanted to stay at the Cars. It was it was cool. Right. Like Lightning McQueen was sitting out front and Mater were sitting out. It, right. it was nice. Um, thin walls could hear everything that everybody said. And every ho- that's why one com- kid's running down the hall at 3 a.m. And it was loud as crap. Um, but it was nice. But yeah, I think I would say that beach club place. That seemed really nice when I was there. That would actually be where I would, one of them I would stay. Because their pool, massive pool. Yes. And yeah. So I, I've stayed there a couple of times and you almost like don't want to leave the pool and go to the park because it's such, you, you get service, drinks bringing to you. It's, it's a great place. Right. Yeah. So that, that seems like a nice one. Um, I'm always a sucker for, don't they have one at um, the Animal Kingdom where like. Animal Kingdom Lodge. Yep. Where you can see, you can see the animals in like the. Uh, Safari area, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'd be intrigued by that. I don't know how bad idea. that is. Yep. Um, that would definitely intrigue me. And is that the one? There's also the which is the one directly across from Magic Kingdom that you can take the boat over from? That's a, there's a few of them. That's Polynesian, oh. Grand Floridian, and I don't know why I'm blank. A contemporary. That's the one I couldn't think of earlier. So that one, that one intrigues that area intrigues me a little bit. But I think I would go with the Beach Club as my number one. I think one of them, one of them is staying at the Yacht Club. That's one of the teams which is attached to Beach Club. Well, see, that's where I was confused because I said, oh, the place where you can get the big ice cream sundae. And somebody was like, no, that's actually the beach club, not the same one. But like, right, you can walk. They're like attached. Right. Because, um, you know, if a player happens to eat that uh, kitchen sink sundae like two hours before game time, it could get ugly. <laughs> we should have uh, put in to, to go and cover the Celtics. Uh, we should. You're the Celtics beat writer now from what I read on WEEI.com. Every time I see a Celtics story, it's Ryan Hannibal. <laughs> Maybe I could put in to get down there. Uh, but see, that's a good that's a good curveball question. I want at least one of those every week. All right, all right. So uh, we'll probably be back next week. You have a lot of radio next week. Uh, yes, I have radio seven of the next eight days or eight of the next nine days. But uh, yeah, so people will be hearing a lot of me on the radio. They may hear a little bit of me on this podcast, and uh, we will continue though with our twenty questions, so that you have that to look forward to every day. And I don't know if I actually said it. We are doing a poll. Uh, yep. I tweet out. Um, a poll to coincide with every question. You could actually, as the uh, the administrator of Off Day Pod, could retweet it with that account. I know. Do you still have login to that? Are you still familiar with how that account uh, well, works? Well, being honest, it's it's actually not on my phone anymore. 
So the, the, the login doesn't work on my phone anymore. So. Oh, great. Well, either way, I will be uh, at Jumbo Heart tweeting out the 20 questions polls each day if you want to uh, take well, part. Since yesterday. I'm on my computer right now, I will tweet out today's right now. Okay, perfect. So people can voice their opinion. They don't have to just listen to Ryan and Andy. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace out.